Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast, brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm joined by Bryce Simon, host of Motor City Hoops, the Detroit Pistons Hoopheads podcast. Bryce is also a high school basketball coach in Kansas, which is a first for Nuck If You Buck. How's it going, Bryce? It's going well, Devin. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing thank, good. Um, thank you for you know, ha- thank you for having me on. We were, I, I appreciate it. Motor City Hoops appreciates it. Absolutely, and it's um, really exciting as part of uh, Hoopheads now as we're getting more and more team-focused yes. podcasts. I think I'm really starting to experience um, how fun it is just to connect with other people who have clearly different points of views as far <laughs> as their teams and the NBA. Yes. It's it's awesome. I just had JJ from 305 Culture on again last week, but yes. this is our yeah. first time going at it, so I'm really interested to hear your views. For sure. Now, Bryce, what I always ask my first-time guests is um, for them just to share some of their um, uh, early experiences with their teams, you know, just basically how you became a fan of the Pistons and, and, um, and why you are, like for me, Specifically, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, so okay. it was pretty natural for me to be a, a Bucks fan Absolutely. from the get-go. But what was it like for you? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually a Kansas kid, and in Southwest Kansas, where I come from, you don't really have an NBA team very close. Obviously, Kansas, the state of Kansas in general doesn't have an NBA team. The Nuggets are actually the closest. So I would say growing up, I was mostly just a fan of the NBA. My favorite player growing up was Allen mm-hmm. Iverson. Um, my favorite non-piston in the current NBA is probably Steph Curry. But I got this chance to work with uh, Motor City Hoops and, and get involved with the Pistons through one of our co-hosts, Vlad Moldovanu. That's where he lives in Michigan when he's not playing overseas. And him and I went to the same uh, college to, or university together. We played at American University in Washington, D.C. So that's how... He asked me to jump on, and I just love sports. I, I love basketball. I love the NBA. I love college basketball. I love the NFL. You know, like I just love sports in general. So awesome. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting because I've shared with my listeners on here kind of how I got started. Of course, it was in sports business classroom where I encountered uh, Justin Matcham of Cavalier Central. Okay, and um, he he was just kind of I don't know. We were just. Uh, shooting the breeze you know and i had thought about doing a podcast for a really long time 
because I just binge podcasts all day otherwise, and it's mostly basketball because <laughs> that's where my interests lie. Sure. But um, yeah, he just he just kind of asked me what I had wanted to do for a while, but didn't think it'd be feasible, and and if I'd be interested in having an NBA podcast, and immediately before I even knew the availability, I was like, yeah, and about anything with the NBA. I was even willing to like take up fandom for other teams too if I had to. Sure. Just to just to be able to build my portfolio if if you know the chance does come for me to get a job in basketball, but yeah, that's really cool to hear about sort of your beginnings as um mainly just as an NBA fan cuz I yes. do also encourage all of our all of our listeners even if they are mainly just Bucks fans to try to get to know the rest of the league too cuz at the end of the day, it'll enhance your your uh, your Bucks fandom to begin with. But well, and eventually those guys might end up on your team, right? Like if you just follow the Bucks or just follow the Pistons, then you know maybe free agency isn't as fun. Like I would encourage people to even watch college basketball. Like turn on Oklahoma State and watch Cade Cunningham. You know, a guy that'll mm-hmm. well, not for the Bucks. You guys aren't going to be drafting that high, but as a as a Piston fan, you know. Um, but, you know, maybe some of, you know, look up a draft board, see guys who may be in the, the Bucks range. I don't know if you guys have your first rounder this year, but, you know, watch some of those college games. And it's just more fun than when you're already familiar with guys when they join your team. Yeah. And I've even said it on here before, too, that probably like the draft might be one of, if not like my favorite days in <laughs> it's a, in it's the a, NBA, just because there's so much buildup to it. Like you said, I yes. like personally, I don't watch college basketball um, for any other reason besides looking at prospects, even sure. if I'm not like necessarily like following a team that'll be drafting as high like this year. But this year's certainly an, an amazing year to be doing some scouting, considering some of the generational talents that'll be coming yeah. in. It, it, it sounds like a really, really good draft where maybe this past year, maybe people weren't as excited about the draft this year between Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs and the Mobley kid at USC and, and some of the guys that opted out of playing in college. Um, it, it sounds like a draft that could be, you know, pretty fruitful for some teams. Yeah, and gosh, I could probably talk for a really long time about some of these prospects. I know I've um, I've heard from others like uh, Sam Vecini, who I trust a lot. He's like my go-to um, reference as far as uh, college basketball and scouting goes. Uh-huh. Um, but just from what I've heard, um, but this quote specifically from him that like. This upcoming draft, there could, there probably would be like the top seven guys potentially drafted next year that could have been like number one in this past year's draft. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess I can leave it at that. But if anyone's (laughs) looking to get excited about college basketball or prospects, hopefully that will uh, encourage them to look deeper into it for themselves. Absolutely. Without further ado, I'm going to get into this first game of this. uh, Bucks Pistons back to back, which was the reason for us uh, connecting here today, and um, you know, just um, to start out with here. Uh, well, I guess I don't want to bury the lead like I sometimes do, but uh, the Bucks and Pistons, the Bucks, as we expected and hoped, uh, were able to come out of this two and zero against against the Pistons but of course as we'll get into you know these teams are on two very different timelines so it's nothing really for the Bucks to get too excited about but also not anything for the Pistons to be 
down about either. No. And luckily, like we'll hear more about on your podcast, you guys uh, were able to uh, get a win out of out from a uh, very uh, formidable rising team in the West in the Suns. But, yes. Um, there are also some big injuries to start out this game, uh, including Pat Connaughton, uh, Sam Merrill, and Torrey Craig. I believe Pat is a new injury from the last time we spoke. And uh, Jordan Nawara took his place in the rotation. So that's very interesting, and we'll cover some of what we saw from him. But then even bigger for the Pistons, you guys had Blake Griffin out, which was in- enormous considering uh, the weight that he's he's had to carry on his shoulders. Uh, less so this past year with his injury struggles, but the year before, I mean, he was an all-NBA talent. Yes. Um, now, could you actually uh, possibly remind me uh, Bryce, was Blake Griffin actually on an All NBA team two years ago? I know I'm going back a little bit, but I couldn't remember for sure, and I didn't I do the research. I don't think I don't believe so. I don't believe okay. that he was. He he had a good year. He was injured last year, um, but I don't believe he made an All NBA team. That would be ah, in okay. 2018, right? Yeah, I yeah I could I could have seen it going either way, but he was definitely a, a shoe in for an Eastern Conference All Star game that year, which. I mean, at this point in Blake's career, isn't necessarily a given, despite his his early success. But yeah. I do think I did definitely support your guys' move way back when to go and get him, sure. considering the struggle that you and I can both attest to with both of our teams. Despite where the Bucks are at now, it can be tough for us to get uh, players in free agency, uh, just given our location and not having the bright lights of like a New York or Los Angeles. So, so to stand corrected, he was third team. He was a third team All NBA. He was and, okay. yes in nineteen, and and then obviously an All Star that year as well. So, um, he he made All NBA from two thousand twelve to two thousand fifteen, either second or third team. Missed a few years, and then was third team in two thousand nineteen. So, so you were correct on that. Okay, okay. Well, pat myself on the back there, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's just also really awesome for a. A small market considering, you know, us small markets and kind of looking at the Utah Jazz who we just played last night, um, I think it's it's too bad because sometimes you're forced into, not like literally forced into, but it's, in, in a way you are forced into make, make decisions that are a little short-sighted just, to, just yes. to acquire talent that isn't as easy to come by if you were like a Los Angeles Lakers. So for you guys to be able to, to have an All-NBA player, even just that one year in Blake Griffin, I think was worth it, even considering that Tobias Harris is is more of a player than he was at the time that you traded him. That, and, and that's a great point because LeBron James isn't coming to Detroit. Um, James Harden, you know, what you, whatever, you know, we, we have our opinions on Motor City Hoops about James Harden, but, and, and, but he's not asking to be traded to Detroit. Or, or probably mm-hmm. Milwaukee, you know, like I think yeah. you have to be a little more, I don't know what the right word is, cavalier maybe um, with your mm-hmm. decisions or maybe a little more all or nothing, like, you know, trying to hit home runs, um, you know, like what you guys hit with Giannis because you're right, you're not just going to attract a, a free agent to come there. You know, we, we, we probably... Right now, we feel like we've struck gold with Jeremy Grant, and I know we'll get into him more on, on, on the Motor City Hoops when I want to hear your opinion on that. But, you know, Milwaukee's the same way. Like like you said, these smaller markets, you, you have to do it a different way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I think, 
like obviously the Bucks are in like a position that me growing up it would have been nearly impossible to, for me to see um, us being at where we are today but sure. that's because what do we do to get Giannis we just stayed patient and drafted to the best of our, our abilities and that's that's the best way to hold hold on to a player in this league, especially in a small market. So, I think I think it's smart that you guys are are somewhat going going in a different direction now. But I also I do definitely like the Grant signing, and uh, we'll we'll certainly get into that more too. But um, in now mentioning um, these starting lineups for this game, the Bucks had all the usual suspects of Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. Obviously, you guys. Um, didn't have Blake Griffin in this contest, so uh, in his stead, you were able to shift Grant up to to the four, and then Sadiq Bay, a rookie, was able to fill in at that three spot. Yep. Um, because Josh Josh Jackson has been starting at the two, and he started is that right. Okay. Yeah, Josh Jackson had been starting the two, and he was out with an ankle in, injury. He had rolled his ankle the game before, and, and Griffin's wasn't an injury. I think he just kind of gets those vet rest days coming mm-hmm. off his injury as well. So. Um, yeah, yeah when, that makes sense. When he doesn't play, Grant will push down to the four, and, and Sadiq Bay has been a really good rookie for the Pistons, so he'll slide into that three spot, and that's why Wayne Ellington started as opposed to Josh, Josh Jackson. Okay. Um, now, with Bay, um, now, obviously, he came to you guys via a three-team trade where you guys sent Kennard to the Clippers, yep. and then uh, Shamit went to the Nets, and then you guys ended up with Bay, and and that was a really interesting trade, and yep. I've been struggling with how to how to feel about it. Um, <laughs> a lot of Pistons fans have as well, but he's starting to play in a way that, that they don't mind it quite as much anymore. Um, not a lot of people were happy that Luke Kennard was 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 sent away, and not that we they were upset with Sadiq Bay getting being drafted with the 18th pick, but Bay has started to show. He had a really good game last night, and he started to ease people's concerns about that trade. Yeah, and from what I've heard, it sounded like um, that Kennard was getting shopped, shopped for a while, and now he's obviously uh, a much richer man, too. Yes. <laughs> so I think with the position you guys are at, it makes sense for you to just get get, get another swing with Sadiq Bey, who's now team-controlled for another four years on a cheap contract. And, yes. Um, I mean, at, at this point, he wasn't even necessarily in my uh, in my circle of players I was doing a ton of scouting for in the Bucks regard, but... Um, from from what I understand, as as a two as a two way wing, maybe he's more limited on one uh, end than than I'm familiar with. But um, just hit his archetype and being able to to get him to replace Kennard, who is now on on a less friendly contract, I think was a good move for you guys. Yeah, and we're still under the cloud of a. I mean. I don't know any other way to say it, but a bad Blake Griffin contract now. Like, you're right. Mm-hmm. The fact we were able to have an all-NBA player two years ago, it doesn't make anything wrong with with the move. But now, with what Blake Griffin is, that's a large contract for us to be under. And he's not, you know, an all-NBA player anymore. He's a good player. He's solid, but he can't play every night. He's lost a lot of the explosiveness and so that's just a large contract, and so we have to make other decisions around that. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, and yeah, just just another, um, you know, unfortunate position that small markets have to put themselves sure. into. But I, I guess it, it sounds like you you would do the same thing if you were to do it again. 
or had yeah. a chance to. Yeah, I mean, Sadiq Bey has, has – I think he – going into last game anyway, he led the NBA rookies in the NBA in three-point shots. So, coming out oh. – yeah, coming out, I think – I don't think people were, thought he was going to be this ready to contribute. And he looks – uh, in, in my notes, after every game, I put savvy vet. Like for a rookie, he looks like a savvy vet already. He doesn't finish real well around the rim yet, but he's shooting it well. He's in the right positions defensively. Like he looks like a very good player right now. Like th- th- that will be a you know a ten year you know good player. He's probably not great. His upside probably isn't great, but a good player. Hmm. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep it moving here a little bit down the line with this game. Um, obviously I had first, uh, first, uh, started with saying that this was Giannis's season high 43 points and, and it was really encouraging for, uh, Bucks fans to see Giannis just go out and get his where, you know, and facing, um, facing an an opponent, I'll just say, I I don't want to want to, want to be disrespectful at all to the other team, but. The reality is, you guys, you guys are lottery bound, and I guess yes. for any team in that in that range, and Giannis being the player that he is, it's it's nice for him to go out there and realize that he can take advantage of some of the competition, especially with with a little less size out there in Blake Griffin. Yes. Although I think it worked out well that you guys were then able to have Grant spend a little more time uh, checking Giannis. Yeah, and I think this was the game. The first game was where Grant got in foul trouble early, so Sekou. Um, had to come in and play. He's a, a, a raw project um, that's that, that plays limited minutes for the Pistons. But yeah, I mean, that game immediately showed the difference. And, and I don't think you're being disrespectful at all. <laughs> like, uh, Piston fans know where we're headed this year. I mean, I think that uh, in all honesty, that's where we want to be headed. Like we know yeah. we need a top five pick. Um, I don't want to say we get upset by any means after a win because they're hard to come by and not very often. So, so that's no disrespect whatsoever. But I that that's the first time I've watched Giannis live this year, and man, he looked good. Like I think I put it in my notes for you. Like, does he look? Does he make it look that easy against everybody? Because I thought he just made it look easy. Yeah, no, that was that was um, that was probably my favorite point that that you had in there, <laughs> and I would. You know, when when he has games like this, I wouldn't say we're not like seeing anything new from him. So it's not like I wasn't shocked at all, but by what he did. But I would say that he had, he's good at, you know, he wakes up for every single opponent. So I would say certain teams with with less talent, he is able to take advantage of. Sure. And it's and it you know, um, the the Bucks get a lot of uh, a, a lot of noise coming their way about being like a regular season team, but the the reason we're able to do that is because Giannis is who he is and he gets fired up against anyone. And, um, but you got, what I think was most remarkable is that, is that the way, especially in this first game, you guys were able to to keep it close for like pretty much the entire game, despite Giannis's output. And that was because you guys had contributions from Wayne Ellington, who I just had assumed was your regular starter before because he had 11, two and four and, uh, four or six from the field at half. And then Svi Mikhailuk, too, was really getting it going for you guys uh, off the dribble uh, around screens, pulling up right next to his screener a lot of the times from what I saw. Yep. Um, and then I think Svi is a guy, and this goes for, like, a lot of your team where, um, although you, my biggest thing with, with the Pistons is that it seems like you guys have 
a ton of really interesting prospects now, which is great for where you you're at. Um, even if a lot of them may not be like blue chip prospects, there's just a ton of guys that I find super interesting. Yes, in in a Josh Jackson, uh, Sadiq Bay, Delon Wright, Sfi, um, Rodney Magruder, Jalil uh, Jair like... Smith, Frank Jackson. Yep. Yeah, they're and yeah. yeah. You look up and down the roster, and it's, it's probably names you're going to recognize if you've watched some college or, you know, Jalil Okafor was a very high draft pick. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's five, six years into the league now. But there is a Troy Weaver, our new GM. He's, he's This is his first year. He did a good job of just – he kind of cleared house for the most part. I mean, he brought back um, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose. And then other than that, like everybody much else is pretty much gone. And he brought in his guys and – and um, Svi was there last year in Seku, but so there was not just those two, but a lot of new interesting pieces. And so it'll be it has Pistons fans excited, even though we're not very good this year, just for a new direction. Yeah, it's definitely a roster that I that I could see myself getting getting excited about if I were if I knew ahead of time that my team would be lottery bound. But um, just to basically wrap up this game, I'm doing a little less play-by-play, but I think that's what the listeners would want anyway. Sure. And, uh, you know, basically the, the the big thing was that Giannis had his season high in this one that I've mentioned a lot with uh, 43, 4, 9, 17, and 24 from the field uh, and, a, and a block, 7, and, seven of 9 from uh, the free throw line. But the Pistons were, were still able to keep it close and forcing Giannis to play 36 minutes in this contest, even though he got out to a big scoring tally early. And a lot of that had to do, I thought, in that the Bucks ended up with 10 more turnovers than yes. the Pistons at the end of the game and just being overall careless with the ball. And then for you guys, you had uh, two 24-point uh, outings from both Grant and Derrick Rose. Um, let's see, Grant himself was uh, 24, 3, and 4. Uh, 10 to 25 from the field with three blocks of steel. And that was in 34 minutes. But then in just 24 minutes, Rose put up those 24 points, eight assists, two rebounds, uh, nine of 18 from the field, and a steal. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Let's see. Do you think there's anything I'm missing at all from this game, Bryce? No. I mean, the, 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 my biggest takeaway, honestly, watching that was I, I just think your team is – the Bucks are so well constructed. Like, I, I just love – you have Giannis who can get to the rim anytime he wants, and then you just surround him with shooters. I love Brook Lopez. I don't know how Bucks fans, uh, you know, or how you feel about him. I love Brook Lopez as yeah, a modern day 100%. big that can shoot it, and you know he protects the paint and can grab some rebounds and and all of that. But um, 
You know, and, and, and one guy I wanted to ask you about, I know you've talked about, like, is Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is a guy I've watched, you know, even back when he was in college. He's a Michigan State guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like his game. He reminds me a little bit of the Patty Mills who played for the Spurs and now has moved on, but or, or still there. Sorry, still there with the Spurs. But that's kind of what he reminds me of a little bit. And I, I don't know how Bucks fans feel about And Bryn Forbes actually, guess, came to Milwaukee from San Antonio. So I really like his game. Yeah, I know. I do really like Bryn Forbes, and it's kind of been a big talking point now as the season's progressed a little bit, and that there seems to be a clear bond forming between him and Giannis, which is ideal considering that uh, Bryn's main role is to is to uh, spread the floor and then be open for Giannis, and uh, Bryn's been able to be the beneficiary of a lot of kickouts from Giannis. And sure. Bryn is also kind of one of those guys who will set who a uh, smaller guy who will set screens for for bigger ball handlers like sure. like Giannis. So I think it's a wonderful pairing. And yeah, I mean he he might give up a little bit on the defensive end, but sure. he still strikes me as someone who will who will compete. So yeah, I have I have no complaints as far as Bryn Forbes go and and I don't think I have to go into it quite as much with Brooke Lopez, but I think myself and the majority of Bucks fans love Brooke. I just <laughs> hope he can sustain what he's doing now for the majority of his contract remaining. Good, good. No, he, he's just been a favorite of mine. I, I, I'm kind of a modern day bigs guy that likes got bigs that can stretch the floor and shoot it. And I, I just it, it's it's amazing to watch guys kind of transform their game and and him to turn into the shooting threat he has become. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I could go on for much much longer about Brook <laughs> Lopez and his value to the Bucks, but I'm going to keep us moving along here because we have the second game of the back back to back to cover, and. Um, you know, I'll touch on some of the uh, interesting points um, um, off the court with this game a bit. But uh, on the court was uh, both teams taking a knee for, yep. uh, I believe it was seven seconds uh, to start uh, the game in honor of Jacob Blake, of course. Um, uh, the, vic- the victim of a shooting at the hands of the police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The reason for the Bucks doing their walkout um, in the NBA bubble and, uh, you know, boycotting boycotting that game and the playoffs being paused for a bit. And I believe each team's took a knee yes. for each of their first possessions yep. for seven seconds due to, I think, yeah, I believe it was uh, seven times that Jacob Blake was shot, which is obviously uh, egregiously unnecessary sure. um, of anyone who's, who's uh, supposedly doing trying to do their job but failing to do so in protecting and serving our country but um yeah i might have some other points at the end here on that but um back to the basketball um and something that i did miss in touching on from the first game was uh killian hayes unfortunately suffering a labral tear in his hip um when uh chris threaded the needle to drew on one of his reverse lefty layups um And I guess I I feel awful that this happened. I obviously feel awful when any injury happens, even outside of the Bucks. Yes, but um, yeah, I this was kind of I mentioned a lack of blue chip prospects possibly, but Killian Hayes obviously famously um, mocked number one by the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor, which may have been a reach, but <laughs> at the same time, I think he has. You could argue that he has 
as much upside as anyone else in this draft. So I guess early thoughts on Killian Hayes and his uh, injury, Bryce? Yeah, I mean, it, that was that was a really disappointing situation for Pistons and Pistons fans. Um, he was the number seven pick in the draft. And in all honesty, he hadn't played extremely well up to this point. Um, he had started to take a little bit of heat. Pistons fans and Pistons Nation had started to get a little impatient with him. But still, it's your number seven pick. It's your point guard. It's the future of the franchise. And so now to have him go down, um, kind of some mixed reports on whether he's going to have to have surgery on that or not, or whether he can rehab it back to health. Um, and it's not, I don't think all of them are exactly the same, but it's a similar injury that happened to Isaiah Thomas. Um, recent mm. Isaiah Thomas, you know, that kind of derailed yeah. his career after his breakout seasons. Um, so there's definitely some easiness, uneasy, excuse me, uneasiness around Killian Hayes and that injury right now. And it kind of seems like we're just waiting for the news to break on whether he's going to try to rehab it and be back this year. But I think a lot of Pistons fans would just like to see him get the surgery, get it completely healed, and we'll see him back in 20, you know, in 2021, 2022 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, major bummer to say the least um, for the Pistons there with Killian Hayes going down and uh, obviously a Bucks-Pistons connection there also with Brandon Jennings, who whom we traded to you guys, and I believe yes. he had another um, kind of major injury. That may have been an Achilles, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, but... and it was against, and Pistons fans remember it vividly because they remember that it was against the Bucks also. So. Oh, so. gosh. That's, yeah, I guess it can't really make it uh, much worse, but a little poetic in a way. I don't even know, but maybe it adds just the slightest dash of salt in the wound. Yes. Um, Yes. But as as the rest of the game went here, um, it started off again, um, a 12-2 run to begin for the Bucks, but then um, um, just as... Bucks fans maybe were getting ahead of themselves again. The Pistons would follow that with a 27 to five run, and then uh, making the first quarter uh, quite competitive. And then um, there was uh, a point that we'll come back to later. But um, Giannis and Isaiah Stewart had gone up for a rebound early in the game, in which um, Giannis it looked like he caught an elbow to the back of the head. Yep. I mean, going up for rebounds inadvertent, it'll happen. But Giannis definitely felt that, and even uh, looked like he he uh, he maybe was going to go down, but he bounced back. And um, we also had uh, this was a huge Bobby Portis game as yes. well yeah. as someone who's really surprised. Me, as I spoke on early in the season, maybe being a little down on on the signing, but he is he has certainly proven me wrong in being able to show that he brings a lot more energy than I was aware of, and particularly being able to get up and down the floor faster than uh, just about anyone at his position. But a big thing here was uh, Jordan Wara, yeah, filling in again for Pat Connaughton uh, beginning the second quarter. Um, like he had done in the first game. Um, but then uh, behind, uh, you know, the bench being able to uh, do their part and keep keep the train running while a lot of the starters were out despite the staggering, um, the Bucks were able to uh, bring it up to an 82 to 56 lead already at half, which remarkably is only our second highest halftime total <laughs> this season compared to... Uh, 
compared to that first game of the back-to-back against the Heat last week. And at half, uh, Portis already had 14-5, and five, um, which I believe would have been his season above his season, season average last year, shooting 6 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Um, and then in this one, um, once we had that big lead, though it looked like our guys were starting to relax again, kind of similar to that first game with being careless with the ball, including uh, Giannis taking but missing all three of his three threes that he took in the third quarter. And during that time, the Pistons went on an 8-0 run. And then... Um, Eventually, in staggering our starters, a lot of them would go out and Chris would be leading our bench. And then we saw a lot more action out of Thanasis, who had a few big slams early in the second half. Um, and then uh, the Bucks were able to, uh, you know, fight past that early second half 8-0 run by the Pistons and, and uh, finish with a comfortable lead in the end as the bench continued to hold fort. Um, but then uh, maybe the biggest thing out of this game was um, Giannis and Stewart had another uh, confrontation during during the game. Yeah. The real confrontation would come till the end, but there was another kind of going up for a rebound play where yeah. I think uh, I, Stewart kind of caught Giannis slightly off balance. But, yep. I mean, that uh, big, energetic, strong in his own right uh, center – I believe out of Washington and Washington. Isaiah Stewart yep. uh, was able to put Giannis actually on his back, <laughs> which was um, impressive in its own right. But then Giannis took exception to that and the elbow. And then him and Thanasis confronted Stewart at the end of the game. I'm not saying that was all justified at all, but I guess we can take this moment to maybe uh, bring up Isaiah Stewart yep. to you, Bryce, and maybe share any thoughts that you might have him. Because I've yeah. heard that people are high on him. Yeah, I, I'm put me at the front of the line in, in terms of mm. being excited about Isaiah Stewart. And I, I started being excited about him. He was our 16th pick this last year. He had a really yeah. good numbers at Washington, but they weren't very good as a team. And so he didn't get a lot of publicity. Plus, they play on the West Coast and games are late and all that stuff. But he, he has an attitude about him that fits Detroit. You know, he's he's in that Ben Wallace, Dennis Rodman mold, and he just has that attitude. And he said that he would have exposed people at the NBA Draft Combine if they would have had it. Now, to a lot of people, that sounds arrogant, and maybe it is. But as an NBA player, you have to have a certain level of confidence. And he yeah. obviously has it. He knows he's not super skilled yet. So he just goes in and does the dirty work. He works his butt off. I don't know. Maybe a more modern day would be like Kenneth Fareed. I don't know if people can remember Kenneth Fareed or not, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the same mold where he's going to go grab rebounds. He's going to be physical, and he's just going to bring a ton of juice and energy. And I'm not mad at either guy for what happened. If I'm Giannis, I look at Isaiah Stewart as a rookie and say, hey, I'm the back-to-back MVP of this league. What are you doing? <laughs> and – but I, as a Pistons fan, I love it from Isaiah Stewart to say, I don't care if you're back-to-back in, you know, MVP of the league. I'm going to play hard no matter what, whether we're up 40, down 40, or anywhere in between. You know, there's 10 seconds in the game or 10 minutes in the game. So, I mean, I think that stuff happens in the NBA. I don't have an issue with either one of them, you know, Stewart being physical or Giannis taking exception to it. Um, so, Isaiah Stewart is a guy that, that has quickly become a fan favorite and somebody that Pistons fans are very excited about, though. Yeah, I guess it's hard to really, I mean, nothing really came of it anyway in the end, so it's really almost hard to 
pick a side with it. So I guess I guess we can leave that confrontation at that. Um, some of the stats to close the game, Giannis with uh, still impressive, but less so than the first game, a 25, 4, and 8, 8 of 15 from the field, and a block. And then Jeremy Grant had a huge game in yeah. this one. Again, 31, uh, 1 and 10, uh, 9 of 20 from the field, and 11 of 11 from the free throw line. Uh, Bucks would like to see a little bit of that from their own guys there. But um, I'll just even uh, try to go a little quicker than with this Jazz game here to close up. It was, uh, you know, a little definitely a disappointing uh, defeat from the Bucks. Not that the Jazz aren't a formidable team and um, nothing to panic about. But um, basically in this one, just a few points that I thought was particularly interesting was that the Jazz, um, I'd heard on the Bucks broadcast that um, – Someone had said that that the Jazz had struggled keeping opponents out of the paint, which was definitely raised some questions for me. Considering they, I'd be confident in saying that Rudy Gobert might be the best uh, rim to turn in the entire NBA. Um, so I don't think that's saying that opponents are having are having like a ton of success. Maybe once they get in the paint, but um, maybe there's something in there in that scheme that. Uh, that allows uh, opponents to go there. And maybe that would make sense that you'd want to drive people towards the basket if you have uh, Rudy Gobert there. But sure. uh, similar to uh, against the Pistons and most of these games at this point, the Bucks are getting off to a huge lead in the points in the paint uh, discrepancy. Bucks with uh, a 12-0 start there and just points in, the pay- points in the paint through the first four and a half minutes of this game. Giannis had 16 of the Bucks' first 20 points, which was... Uh, Definitely getting Bucks fans excited that maybe we see a repeat uh, performance of that first back-to-back um, versus the Pistons, but um, unfortunately not. Um, I mean, let's see. I mean, he definitely didn't have another season high. He maybe I'm sure he ended up with uh, with uh, you know the impressive stat line that he always has, but. Yeah, I mean, just um, just from, wasn't quite enough there. Yeah, just looking at it from just an outsider who definitely didn't watch the game. Just looking at the stats, it looked like your bench kind of had an off night. And then I remember seeing this come through on my NBA updates or whatever. The Jazz hit twenty five threes. I don't know, you know, it, it popped up and 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 you guys, the Bucks, struggled a little bit from the three point line that night. And so to me, like you know, if you want to break it down into simple terms for the Bucks, was you know, the, the the Jazz hit 25 threes and shot almost 50%. The Bucks hit 13 and shot 31% from three, you know. And, yeah, you know, so, sometimes those nights are just going to happen. Exactly. And this is sort of something I'm working on with my own analysis is um, is trying not to just boil it down to a make or miss league. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> it's definitely hard hard when we have certain games where, where, where we break records and then other games where – where the other team shoots 16% uh, higher than us on 10 more attempts. So yep. um, that was basically the main story is is that they they hit a bunch more of their threes than we did. And even though we, we uh, scored plenty of the paint like we usually do, um, you know, threes are more threes are more than two. And then, uh, again, with the bench production, there was a huge thing. Obviously, they have Jordan Clarkson, who's yes. one of the best bench scorers in the league. He had 23 Three and one at half, which wow. Um, the Bucks, uh, late with like four minutes to go in the second quarter, had um, 
only had four points at that point. So that speaks to the discrepancy in the bench totals. Another big thing was Giannis taking a hard fall uh, in the third quarter, which ended up, um, he was on the ground for a while, but he was able to enter right back in. It was just because he got caught in a pump fake. And then, of course, ended up kind of scary, but, you know, ending up parallel then to the ground, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you fall a lot further than, than usual in that case. Yes. Um, but even though he was able to come back, I noticed that he looked quite fatigued throughout this game. A lot of a lot of Giannis with his hands on his knees. So I don't know if that had to do with the hard fall that he took or maybe just just the uh, increased minutes that he's had this week. Perhaps it's been a long week for him. But um, the Bucks were able to bring it to uh, 84 to 87 at uh, some point in the third quarter, about halfway through, after um, it being what like a five to seven point lead for the Jazz at half, but then uh, the the uh, the Jazz w- would run away with it, of course, and they'd have a twenty ball at a certain point and uh, finished, I believe, uh, with the with an eighteen point lead at the end of the game. Just then, pointing going back to the three pointers as they were a big story in this. Um, um, at the end of the day, the Bucks are still, after that game, still number one in three points made and three-point percentage. A lot of that has to do with that outlier record-breaking game that we had. And the Bucks are number one, of course, with three points made. The Blazers are number two in three points made. And then the Jazz, whom uh, just gave us some buckets, were are now at uh, the third rank as far as three points made. So that's the lowdown on the most recent game. And then uh, I believe, if I remember correctly from the schedule, we'll be playing the um, Cavaliers tonight again at Fiserv Forum. Of course, there won't be any fans there, but hopefully you all will be tuning in on uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin or, uh, or uh, I don't know, maybe you'll, you'll be streaming it like I will, but uh, look out for that. And um, I suppose by the time this comes out, it will already have happened, so... I guess look forward to my next episode where I'll be uh, sharing my thoughts on the Cavs game and whatever other games we have coming up next. And uh, with that, as we'll be going over to Motor City Hoops, where I'll be sharing more of my thoughts specifically on the Pistons um, there. I hope you guys all check that out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you find Nuck If You Buck. Also look for Motor City Hoops with uh, Bryce and his co-hosts. Uh, Bryce, do you have any other closing thoughts, perhaps, on uh, the Bucks or Pistons here or anything you'd like to plug? No, just, you know, give, give us a try. All the hoop heads, you know, we're trying to grow this thing, I think, together. Like you said, it's kind of becoming a community. We, you know, we have our group chat. I don't know if you got in the Fantasy Basketball League they talked about or not. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of cool to grow organically for all of us and then to be able to jump on each other's and help each other out. So, um, like you said, if... If you listen to Motor City Hoops, listen to Knock If You Buck, to 305, to, to all of them, and hopefully we can grow this thing together and continue to help each other out. And I just, you know, thank you for having me on. And, you know, like you said, we're getting ready to go record the Motor City Hoops for coming on with us as well. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, you know, uh, it's mutually beneficial for us to be able to bounce ideas uh, back off each other and uh, it's it's uh, you know 
Also, also a little easier and, and a little more fun for me to not just talk to myself for <laughs> for an hour about the Bucks, even though uh, God, God knows I can I can go on and on about it. But absolutely, um, I'll be jumping on with you guys soon on Motor City Hoops, and I hope uh, everyone else listening to this listens to that episode as well. So with that, uh, Bryce, I'll see you in a minute, brother. Yep, thank you. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.